especially with specific things that he normally can't have, like those famous like churro Mickey waffles. Oh, yeah. They made those special for him on our last five night sailing. And they were Mm. amazing. I could live off them. If I could (laughs) actually survive off those, I would eat them every day. everybody to this week's bonus episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam somebody hit those five stars again ding ding Woohoo! yeah there you go all right well the, <laughs> we're still working our way through a backlog here folks this review comes from this past february and <laughs> i am going to completely bunch butcher this person's name it's la la blue la la balau we appreciate you, however that should be pronounced. And it reads, Excellent Disney Cruise Podcast. Brian and Sam have the special ability to be extremely informative and professional in a casual and engaging manner. That's, that's, that's nice praise. As a frequent Disney cruiser, I still find myself listening to every episode and learning new things. I also appreciate the diverse range of guests and discussions. They are clearly well-prepared, but the conversation flows easily. They do not shy away from constructive criticism and offer a variety of opinions, so the listener can hear different perspectives on the presented topics. This is one of my favorite podcasts. Give it a listen. Well, thank oh my you God. for that Are review. they really talking about us? Are you sure? Yeah, I have no idea. You were listening to Lynn Testa's show or someone else, <laughs> but we appreciate the feedback. Uh, I love, especially love the part about we're clearly well prepared. If you knew how much we were flying by the seat of our pants on this podcast... <laughs> You would be amazed. I mean, I guess it helps we're talking about the same thing week in and week out. So uh, (laughs) we're prepared just based on talking about the same thing. But thank you for that review. It really helps us out. If you leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the air just as we did this one. Caveat, five-star review at Apple Podcasts. We don't read the one stars. So with that, we have a fabulous set of guests today, Sam, don't we? Yes, we do. We're super excited. Now, these folks, we were in a little head-to-head competition with on Instagram many months ago, run by one of the other podcasts that that we sort of hang out with, I guess you want to say, Brian? It was run by... Wasn't it run by Rope Drop Radio? No, no. Rope Drop Radio was uh, in the competition. Oh, they were it was in run the competition. By, yeah, we were nominated by a couple of listeners to be in a Sweet 16 style bracket, and we were placed head to head against the Market House podcast. And so we pulled out all the stops. We managed to squeak by the skin I think of by our one teeth. vote. One vote. Yeah, I think by we like had one, one vote. vote. And then we got we absolutely didn't... creamed in the next round. So. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we are so happy to finally have these guests on our show, Caleb and Caitlin from Market House podcast. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, guys, thanks for having us Hello. on. Oh, yes, we are so excited. And yes, that little battle was fun. But you guys are well-deserved of the win. <laughs> well-deserved. We were actually like super fans before it happened. So when they posted it, I was like, are you kidding me? How unfair is that? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you guys had like just started your podcast at that point, right? Or yeah. Yeah. shortly before that. Yeah. 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 How long have you two been podcast? So you do Disney podcasting, and let's give you a chance to talk about this for for a second. You know, we usually ask what's your Disney background. I'd be curious if you can add in there. How long have you been podcasting? Where did the idea to to podcast come from? And you know, also we know you've done some Disney cruises, so let our listeners know what you've done as far as Disney Cruise Line. 
Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start. You can butt okay. in when you yeah. want. But yeah, so we, uh, the, the podcast started as a, uh, this was, so we actually just hit our two year anniversary uh, as, at the time of this recording. And so what is it? hundred episodes we just hit? Yes. So started back in, what was that? Fall of 21. And that is when Disneyland just kind of started opening back up. It opened that spring and, you know, it was kind of like the modified stuff from the, you know, the, the word we must not mention. And it was a rough time, right? We couldn't <laughs> go to the parks. We were like so bummed. And I kept like, I was a podcast fiend. I just listened to podcasts mm. all day. I rarely listen to music. And I remember kind of like just taking Caitlin for a walk and going, what if we like started a podcast? Like just what if? Just what if? <laughs> Sounds and she was so like, similar to our own story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, yeah, like it, just an idea. Like, let me just see what you feel. And she was like, she had done some social media stuff. And so I said, you can handle the social media because you're good at that. I've got no idea what I'm doing. And let's just talk Disney. So for the first... 20-ish episodes, I was by myself. And it was the most boring. I, I Bless those people that listened to me, like the four people that were listening, because it was the <laughs> most boring. I sounded like a, a counselor. I told him, I was like, so Disneyland is a place where it was very, no. it was very like, it was very NPR and it was too NPR heavy. So I listen, we love Ira Glass. We went into like, love a, Ira Glass. we yeah. went and watched uh, him per perform he did like a talk okay. at the at one of our our theater venues downtown and we even paid to do the meet and greet i mean we are huge npr fans so i do well, not we told him we told him we had a podcast there. we told him we, we had a he's like what about and we're like disney no cruise line. He's, like, he's like they have a cruise line talk yeah. to me about that <laughs> tell me awesome. about tell me more that's like, so you have a recorder? Cool. Let's talk, Rob. Let's, talk. <laughs> Let's just get a quick episode in. So you know my inspiration then. NPR, fantastic. But they've got a very certain way of talking. So I was probably trying to mimic that subconsciously. Didn't work. So I invited Caitlin on. And that's when it kind of just took... I just started loving doing it then. So, But background-wise, I was the kind of odd kid that didn't really go until I was like 12 or 13 years old. All my kids were going growing up to the parks and I had never done it. So... I started going when I annoyed my parents enough for them to take us. And I've been in love since. But Caitlin's been going a lot younger. Yeah. Both of my parents were like Disney obsessed. So I've technically been going since I was a little baby. More Disneyland rather than Disney World. We cruised a little bit when I was younger with Carnival. And then once Caleb and I got married, we actually went on our first Disney cruise. So we've been on four total. But we're just... We've been hooked, hooked. ever since. Like, Absolutely we're hooked. So <laughs> our first was in 2019. Yeah, correct me if I'm so. wrong. Okay. And that was a four-night Bohemian. So it was the standard Nassau and Castaway Key. Mm -hmm. And we did it. That was on the dream. We did it again the following year because we were just like, let's just keep this train going. And we'd always tag on a little Disney World trip in, in the beginning. And did the four-night. We did a seven-night Alaskan cruise in September of 22. And then Amazing. we just, yeah. Yeah, just got off a, a fantasy five-night double-dip to Castaway Key in July of yes. 23. So yes. that is kind of the, the Disney background. background. But yes, we're magic key holders. We go to the parks all the time and we're addicted. It's a problem, but that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the gist of it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sounds very familiar, I would say. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, kudos to bringing Caitlin on the show because everyone out there knows they love Sam the most. So I've I've had <laughs> I've had a few guests where I've been like, well, you know, Sam's busy, so you you know we can just record together. And like a couple of them responded at one like, well, I think the show's better with Sam. Oh <laughs> anyway, my God. Uh, actually, they were nice. They're nice about. It. They're like the show's better when you're both there. So <laughs> <laughs> right, someone right. just wrote a review. Someone just wrote us saying Caitlin's like giggle is so cute or something. I'm like, no one mentions my giggle. No one mentions <laughs> my contribution to the show. So yeah. that's right. <laughs> the ladies yeah, are loved. 
Nice. You know what's nice. funny, Caitlin? People talk about my laugh too. I don't know what I don't actually like my laugh at all. I don't want to listen oh my to my gosh. own laugh. No, we love your laugh. When we listen to we always listen to your podcast episodes together. Every time you start laughing, we literally just start cracking up. So we love it. Oh <laughs> well, thanks. Well, thanks. Well, so you made the transition from parks to cruise line. You're both kind of uh, Disney addicts now. I thought we could talk a little bit about the differences between kind of going to the parks, going on the cruise line. But let, let's clarify for folks out there, where are you all based? Like, where are you, are you in Florida or are you outside of Florida? No, we're in Sacramento. So Northern California. Okay. And yeah, so when we do the cruises, it is a trek. You guys know you're up in Washington, yeah. correct? So yeah. you know that flight is no joke. And yep. if you have... A, airline suggestion we'd love to hear it because <laughs> we hate flying out there but it's so fun once you're there but yes we're in sacramento yeah okay All well right. and that makes sense because you guys as you said are magic key holders so i imagine you're go you're going to disneyland a lot like us west coast it's just much easier to get down to disneyland and you know of course we love sailing out of san diego but there's just not that many cruises that sail right. out of san diego and i don't want to go to ensenada and cabo every single cruise i like to go to some of the ports on the east coast and so, yeah, we end up flying all the way to Florida for our cruises. But but that that helps add to the comparison that we're going to do here because you got to yeah. travel there, you got to stay overnight. You know, your your parks vacations are really not like the let's pop in to the park for the afternoon like someone who lives in Florida. You got to you got to actually plan the vacation. Right. I guess let's start with sort of the uh, the pre planning experience. And as we think about parks versus cruise line, I think the sentiment out in the community. But you tell us you're the you know some of the parks experts here that we rely on is those parks vacations are getting complicated. Complicated would be a nice word. Um, it's a very out of hand word. would be another word. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, talk to us about the difference for you in terms of planning a parks vacation versus a cruise line vacation. That's good. I handle most of the planning. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I'm a little bit obsessed. I tell Caitlin that I think the planning is probably a little bit more exciting for me than the actual trip itself. Like, the trip's great. <laughs> But the planning part is where like you get to kind of shine and, you know, it's fun getting deals and stuff. But yeah, let me tell you, the park stuff has been a headache, headache to say the least, with the park reservations, with the... Ho I'm just going to tell you guys, the hotel costs for... And you guys go down there too, have been absurd. Like mm. even the Hiltons are getting on it. The Marriott's like they've looked at Disney and said, they can charge 700 a night. Let's charge half that <laughs> and people will pay it. <laughs> right. And people are paying it. You guys have been. It's been... Absolutely packed. Yeah, yeah, wall to wall. And so, yeah, you just really have to now be conscious of like, okay, this is not the quick dip weekend trip we used to kind of pull anymore. You kind of have to plan a little more ahead. And yeah, the park reservations have made it hard. Now, let me tell you, I committing to a date a year and a half in advance with Disney Cruise Line, that's where I start to have like, it's that's the only negative I would say about the Disney Cruise Line is that you're just kind of locking down. You hope you're not going to get sick. You hope that you know, family can make it or what have you. So that's kind of the one curveball with the Disney Cruise Line stuff. But it's a breeze, absolute breeze compared to the parks right now. Yeah, well, and you've got to you got to lock it down early on the cruise line so you get the best pricing possible, right? So right. yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And with the parks, you can kind of wait around and say, well, will there be a sale? Will there be some special yeah. offer, free dining? Unless unless you're DVC and you want to use those points and then you've got to be locking it down at eight, at 11 months or seven months, you know, obviously depending upon yeah. home resort versus just another resort. So yeah. yeah as but, much as, as much as you two travel, have you thought about DVC or do you own DVC? 
We've looked into it. I was a little obsessed, like actually a few months ago. So when you ask, and I was like every night doing research, like I got to make this work. And yeah, I'm a little bit of a personal finance like nerd. So I can totally talk about this for 45 minutes. But with like recent rate and stuff, it would make more sense to like pay cash and stuff. And so like, it's definitely going to take more planning. But yes, we totally looked into it. And we would love to do it eventually, especially with a little one on the way. We'd love to maybe invest in DVC. Yeah, because we've had experience with renting DVC points, but obviously just don't own currently. But it's kind of hard to miss with the new DVC tower. In, in Disneyland. Disneyland. That it looks is. beautiful. Yeah, we beautiful. are very excited about that one. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We will be down there next weekend, actually, as we're recording this. is opening weekend for the DVC tower. And we are headed down. We're going to spend a little time over in the uh, park not to be mentioned, Universal Oh, Holy gosh. Yes, to see, to see <laughs> Super Mario World for ourselves. We got to check yeah. out Super Mario. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. So, are you, did you guys, are you DVC owners at the Disneyland Hotel now? We are <laughs> We're, now. The question is where, not where we own DVC. For, don't where do we not? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that, it's not quite that bad. It's not yes, that bad. We have, we, yeah, we do own at the new tower. We also own across the street at the Grand Cal and at Alani right. and at Riviera. So, oh, yeah. Alani and Riviera, both on our list. That is, yes. we're very excited about that. Do you guys that. want to switch lives just for a year? 12 months. <laughs> you guys well, come up here, down here. Yeah. <laughs> maybe except for the fact that you're about to have a newborn and I do yes. not want a newborn again. <laughs> it's more for There's that still- than the DVC stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really cute, but I can't live through that not sleeping thing <laughs> okay. all oh over God. again. <laughs> fair, fair point. We're well, definitely so, excited for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since we mentioned the other park franchise not to be named, I do have to ask you know, you guys are into the Disney parks, but when you go to Florida, do you do you head over to U of O? Like, wh- how how are you guys looking at the difference between Disney and Universal Orlando these days? Because a lot of people say the gap is closing or has closed between these two major park behemoths. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are around visiting Universal Orlando when you head to Florida. Yeah. So I've actually never been to Universal Orlando. Caleb has been a couple of times with his family. I currently want to go so bad because of Harry Potter. And I would love to experience that area. I've only been to Universal Hollywood when I was super young. And I literally don't remember anything. But we just never really yeah. do it. And to clarify, I went with my family when we were like dating and I was like 16. I didn't go ditch her and go with oh, my family. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is about Kimura dating. She's like, he goes by himself all <laughs> no, the time no, no. and I stay home. <laughs> no. I went when I was younger and right when the Harry Potter section just opened. So they, I think they were missing one section. Diagon Alley. They didn't have that built out yet. So, right. but no, we haven't dabbled over there yet just because when we fly out there, we are such Disney freaks that we're like, I mean, we've got only like five or six days out here. We really want to commit it to Disney World. But we have talked about the next time we go out there, which will be at the end of next year, we might do a day or two at Universal because you're right, Brian. Like, I do think they are kind of like they're competing now. And yeah, I you, for sure. you can't help but respect what they're doing over there. They're investing so much dang money in that park. We'll see what Disney does with that 60 billion, that fresh 60 billion the next two, 10 years to see if they can compete with Universal, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah. we definitely want to do it. And yep. the planning there for Universal Orlando is basically non-existent, right? Like you just book your ticket and you book, you know, the express pass if you want it instead, you know, in, instead of having to book lightning lanes as you go and paying extra, you just pay one extra amount up front, similar to how Max Pass used to work at in California. And you just have your express pass basically for the parks, which I think is really nice. I'm not trying to sell Universal Orlando. Let me just be clear. 
I just think that the parks have gotten out of control with planning. But let's let's flip and talk about planning for, you know, the cruise or the cruise line for Disney. You know, I would say that part is pretty easy with the exception, as you mentioned, Caleb, of booking a year and a half advance. And then you've got the booking, you know, a few months in advance, depending upon your castaway club status. Caitlin, what would you say is like the the easiest or the most difficult part in the planning process for a cruise for you all? You know, I would probably say just narrowing down a date and time, kind of like what Caleb mentioned, because usually we try to do like the Bohemian or Caribbean ones with the most recent one we did in Alaska. That's definitely one of our favorite ones that we've done. But based on status, like we're not gold yet. We are like almost there. It's kind of hard to get like certain rooms because we kind of like specific areas of the ship. And we notice that a lot of those fill up quickly. So even if we have a date in mind, it sometimes doesn't work based off that. But overall, I would say... I don't know, maybe just time of year or pricing, depending on which one you're going on or just availability, like Caleb mentioned with family Mm -hmm. members. Like it's tough, especially when you're getting a big group together. There's so many conflicting schedules since it's so far away. But other than that, we kind of have a, it's, it's not too difficult. It really is. And I think she nailed it was the, it's the being silver still and we're Mm -hmm. gold next time. So we're looking forward to that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we have found we like certain sections of the ship and everyone else has found that out. (laughs) They're they're pearl, (laughs) pearl, platinum and gold. And so they've got all their rooms booked and we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, we'll take the scraps, please. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I have to say that that tiered booking schedule does have an impact. You know, we know that even the prices do go up within those like three days. You know, now we didn't see a huge price increase on the treasure from opening day to, you know, like even public sales. But generally speaking, with any itinerary release, there is a, you know, a difference in that price structure. And of course, you're right. There are certain room types or room categories that there aren't as many of perhaps. And so people, you know, snag those rooms and and book up on those ships. And if that's important to you, which it is to a lot of people, it it might alter your plan significantly. So I think one thing that, you know, people think about when they're booking a cruise and when they're booking a, when they're booking a parks vacation is dining. So let's talk about the difference in let's I'm going to say booking dining which is obviously we all know that it's not really a thing on DCL but it sort of is but talk to me about you know booking dining at the parks and what are sort of the pluses and minuses of that as compared to the cruise line Caitlin's the pro on booking dining she's the sweetheart that wakes up at well, yeah, I'll let at her, three I'll o'clock let her in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. three. O'clock, same here, Caitlin. Three o'clock in the morning for Disneyland. It's hard. So I have pros and cons to both the cruise and the parks. Let's start with the parks, though. They're extremely stressful. We always try to get like Lamplight Lounge or Carthay Circle, whatever it may be, and those are always the first to go. So I literally have to wake up at the crack of dawn to try and get a two-person reservation. Usually I can nail it, but it's that stress of like, okay, I need to set my alarm. I need to get there, and then it's like if they're all gone. It's like, okay, I'm going to check every so often and maybe quite possibly they'll have a wait list open. Sometimes they don't. So you're kind of like, all right. But with the cruise line, it's also stressful too, because we love going to Palo. It's one of our favorite experiences. We've never been able to land brunch and I'm so Uh. bitter about it because Uh. (laughs) we've tried so hard. But again, it's all based on status, obviously. So hopefully one day we'll be able to grab it. But it's just like that unnecessary stress of like, I need to get to this one location of dining because I have to have this amazing food. 
It's just it's, it's tricky like, sometimes. Please, please let us give you money, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is feel sillier. It's so like, why do we try so hard for this stuff? But yeah. it is oh it's, you just can't explain it. That doesn't matter. It, it is like, amazing the the number of times someone has said, Why is it so hard to give yeah. Disney money? Like why so true. <laughs> it's <Yes>. so true. <laughs> seriously. And I, I do feel like the cruise line though, from our past experience, has been a little bit more accommodating with the reservations. Like if again, the first day you get on the ship, you're usually trying to see like, hey, are there any availability? at Palo or Remy, usually they're able to get us in where at Disneyland, I feel like we're not so lucky sometimes. So true. So, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, with Disneyland and Disney World, dining opens up 60 days in advance. It's a little bit different between Disneyland and Disney World because at Disney World, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's 60 days before the first day of your trip. Correct. Versus at Disneyland, it's just 60 days before the day that you want to book the dining, which yes. can I tell you is so annoying because that means I have to get up at three o'clock in the morning multiple days in a row. Yeah. Yep. If we have yep. a trip that's more than one or two days, at least with Florida, I can do it all at once. But yeah, you have the 60 days in advance. And then with the, of course, Disney Cruise Line, you're booking adult dining you know, whenever your castaway club booking, onboard booking opens, you know, that one's at midnight. I I've have found, I don't know if you guys have found this too, but with Disney World and Disneyland, it's actually not, it's supposed to be at 6 a.m. Eastern on that 60 days ahead of time. But I have found that sometimes it's, it's hit or miss as to what, what time it is. You know, it could be it could be midnight. It could be the next day. It's not even always reliably at 60 days. I don't know if you guys have the same experience, but it drives me crazy. Same exact. Caitlin's up every hour. It Because if you know you miss the first <laughs> drop at three, I, I'm almost positive I've heard, and I don't know if this is true. I haven't checked with the cast member or something. They release them in waves. So I know oh. that they... My understanding is that every hour they're releasing a new wave of reservations that you can grab. And so they start at three o'clock a.m. Uh, Pacific time. And then kind of go from there. So, you know, maybe if you miss the first alarm, you're getting the 4 a.m. wave, but it is redonkulous. You're correct. It's, uh, it's a headache. But can I tell you something? Actually, you reminded me of something on Disney Cruise Line when everything drops at midnight. Have you guys experienced the, the wonderful tech team of Disney? I, I don't know if they, if they outsource, they should get their money back if they do, but <laughs> it is so bad because you're waiting an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And I just sit there and watch a TV show while I refresh my iPad, my you know Mac. We're just refreshing every three seconds. So yep, and you get deal. those yeah. little seven dwarfs on the screen yep. oh, or the spinning wheel of death, right? Yes, oh, one yeah. or the it's other. ruined Snow White for me. I'll never watch it again. <laughs> seven dwarfs. <laughs> yeah, so so true. So there, that's this is why they both have their pluses and minuses, right? I mean, hundred percent. The, the, the one thing about the cruise line that I do appreciate is. You only have to book your adult dining. Your main dining is already essentially booked for you or booked at the time of the cruise. The time you book the cruise, you select if you want the main dining or late dining, depending upon availability. And pro tip out there, if you are booking early and you're not sure which dining to request, unless you're sailing in Alaska or Europe, book main dining. It's easier to switch to late dining than it is to do the reverse. Except yeah. for, again, Alaska and Europe. Alaska and Europe, late dining is more coveted. Than those. I would say it's slightly differently than you just did, Sam, from the perspective of it's not what you have to book. You don't have to book anything in advance, right? You could just right. bypass your booking window altogether and step on the true. ship and still have a so fabulous true. time and probably step on the ship, head to guest services and get a you know at least a Palo dinner, maybe even a Palo brunch, depending on the length right. of your sailing and what's going on. So 
And I also think that, Caleb, to your point, part of the reason they've started doing this like, oh, look, you get to book things earlier and let's tear this out. It's like forced spreading the crowd on the ship out. So not everyone's going online at the same time. But even then, even then, it is just a disaster. We're dealing with them right now because literally went on to order Disney Band Plus for an upcoming cruise. Our son is not showing up as an available to order the Disney Band Plus. When we click on it, I get a profile that says deleted profile for him and then they can't fix it. And so I'm like, this is just nuts. So yeah, Disney, Disney IT, I, I, I fully respect that there are probably challenges for the people who work in that department, but it is awful. It is. It is. And what, what's frustrating is we know what can, we, you know, what can be done well. Like you look at Apple and you've got thousands, if not, you know, millions of people on launch day pressing order and I've done it a couple times and it's so it's just you press a couple buttons and you're checked out and I go back to bed. Whereas Disney just can't figure it out. We need some <laughs> cross. I, yeah. We need I some love the Apple. I love the Apple thing, too, of like, let's get you ready for your pre-order. Right? Let's get all your stuff right. uploaded. And then you just come online and you hit a button and we'll yes. take care of it for you. Like, I've always wondered why if you're a repeat cruiser on Disney Cruise Line, why you can't save all your relevant documents to a profile so, so that when you come online to check in, they're like, we've got it, we've got it, we've got it. Uh, your credit card's stored. Like uh, The check-in process for Royal Caribbean literally took me five minutes and it was oh, one wow. screen. And if you scanned a passport, it extracted all the data. Like There was no hiccup to it, right? And so I was like, I don't understand why Disney can't do this stuff. And on the back end too, Royal does this great facial recognition when you disembark the ship now. So you, like, you walk up to the little thing, it recognizes you, the gate opens, and you just keep going. Like You don't have to stand in front of a passport officer, all that sort of stuff. So I do not understand what's going on with Disney technology because they get some really cool things right. <laughs> Animatronics, special effects, all that sort of stuff is amazing. But it comes down to just the nuts and bolts of an IT infrastructure. It is disastrous. So well, one surprise, they're still using fax machines. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's transition to another topic. I want to talk excursions versus attractions, right? So rides versus excursions, because this is another category. And I actually think this is where parks now now beats cruise line a little bit. But I want to know what you all think as far as, you know, planning excursions versus planning rides at a park. Yeah, I mean, I think there's more planning involved with the excursions, I would say, when it comes to the cruise line. When Caleb and I go to the parks as of now, it'll be different when our little one gets here, obviously. But we aren't really ride heavy when we go. We kind of were the couple that just walks around and stares at people and looks at the ambiance. We'll stare. Well, no, we don't stare at people, but we like eat. <laughs> Uh, you enjoy the Disney atmosphere. I, that's what the I street meant. atmosphere. Yes. I people watching. Spring. People yeah, watching. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But yeah, so we're not really like, we'd be okay with doing two rides in one day. Like we're not super ride heavy. We're not like, we need to get like Genie Plus for this and knock all these things out. We don't get there at the crack of dawn in the morning. We're very like chill and relax when we go to the parks. But the excursions on the cruise line, we love booking them. And it's almost like a game where we prep in advance. We like to listen to podcast episodes. We do all these reviews on YouTube. We kind of nail down what we want. Like specifically the Alaska one, we had so much fun planning all those excursions, being able to go like we, Caleb got us the glacier excursion where we could go out and see the glacier. We did, what was the other one we did? It was like a black bear. Yeah. Black bear, like watching tour. And we saw a couple of those guys. I definitely think, I think they're more fun to kind of snag rather than the parks with the rides. So, yeah. 
That's a great point. Yeah. Well, and it's funny now we can't actually plan rides in advance anymore at the parks like right. we used to, right? We used no. to book your fast passes ahead of time, your three, at, at least at Walt Disney World. At California, it's always been more civilized, which is the planning the day of, right? Right. Uh, it, so unless you are a person who needs to hit a million rides and you've got your little touring plans, shout out to touring plans, you know, plan in front of you, you don't know how you can just kind of fly by the seat of your pants at the parks, which is good and bad, I guess. Yeah. And it's, I would honestly say sometimes it's hard too for the people who try and plan their Disney day because so many things have been going wrong recently. Like mm-hmm. we've had friends who've gone with full on plans and half the rides that they have at the top of their list are closed throughout the whole entire day mm-hmm. or lines are super long or like the lightning lane's not working or something happened. So almost if you are trying to plan, sometimes it's not as easy to do that at Disney anymore, kind of like what you're mentioning. So yeah. we prefer just like the relaxed. Yeah. And you never know to feed into that. That you never know if you know if ten thousand people would have you buy Genie Plus that right. day. Yeah, those lines just get absolutely messed up. So you, if you want to do standby, you're going to be in there. If it shows to forty five, just plan on sixty or ninety right. <laughs> because yeah. Oh, yeah, they'll let point. in again. Rumored, it's about uh, 90, 90 to one or something like that. Yeah. Lightning Lane entry versus standby, Jeez. so it can take a long time. So yeah, I remember yeah. I remember Lynn telling us that on the show. Like if Rise of the Resistance goes down, it's like 90, 90 to ninety five people come out of the lightning lane for every five to you know so people coming out of the standby line. And I was like, that is just nuts. I mean, but I get it. They've paid yeah. for it. I mean, sure. the, right. the, the part of it that drives me crazy is if you do all of your pre planning, you get everything you want, and then you know these the virtual queues throw kind of a hand grenade in the middle of your planning because it's like, oh well, our virtual queue is getting called, and I spent. You know, oh, I was up at midnight to get this yeah. dinner reservation that's hard right. to get place, and now I can't use my virtual queue. And like, what do I do? Like, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's a little, a little nuts. nuts. All right, well, let's talk shows, which is my favorite thing. We've got, of course, the amazing cruise line stage shows in the Walt Disney Theater. Wait, so, wait what are you going to compare this to, Sam? Are you going to be like Phantasmic versus There's like, tons and the of Beast? shows in the... No, no, but like I feel like arts. it's two totally different contexts. Like, I know, but they're both shows. Like, there's Voices with Mr. Shows. Lincoln is not... Or President no, Lincoln is not... not <laughs> No, I'm talking, I'm talking about we've got we've got deck parties. We've got, you know, Walt Disney theater shows. We've got fireworks at sea. Right. But we have fireworks in front of the castle in, you know, at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. We've got Fantasmic. You've got World of Color and you do have stage shows. You've got, you know, I'm forgetting the name. It's the Lion King one at, at Animal Kingdom. We, we, there are, yeah, but I feel like shows. this isn't, this isn't even apples or oranges. This is like apples to eggplant. <laughs> like, it's just too different. Like, there's no way that you would come out on the side of like Disney Cruise Line fireworks <laughs> are better than what they do with World of Color, right? I mean, like, it's two different venues, right? So, I mean, we'll, we'll throw it over to the experts. Yeah. Uh, who do you think's ahead of the game I, on shows? <laughs> so, I will give Sam some credit and say that overall experience, though, of attending a show. I would have to give to Disney Cruise Line because you, okay, you spend 45 minutes to an hour trying to get your spot at World of Color and a family comes and squeezes their way in front of you and then you get crushed by, you know, this mob of people and I'm like, great, I can't even see it. I'm not the tallest guy in the world and now I can't see it. We've waited, we wasted an hour. I will say it's much more orderly at Disney Cruise Line. You walk in, you grab your seat, you order your popcorn from the kind cast member walking by. So yeah, maybe not the same like wow factor, 
But overall experience, I'm a lot more calm and kind of like I can enjoy it versus having a, a mini heart attack because we wasted <laughs> an hour and a half. Yeah, I would agree with him on that. But I would say the overall shows, I would say the parks takes the cake. I Nothing beats to us like World of Color. I am a huge Fantasmic fan. Caleb mm-hmm. is not. He <laughs> thinks it's very strange. But just like some of the oldies, like the D- Disneyland Forever fireworks show or like Paint yeah. the Night, like just some of those like oldies. And currently, like what is the one we love right now? Magic Happy. Matt, no, that parade is like, it's you cannot so skip that. good. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, again, if you value more of a calm environment, the cruise definitely. And you can't beat Beauty and the Beast. Like, that's one of our favorite shows right. on DCL. So... Yeah, and yeah, you didn't have I to sit it. on the floor for two hours to get a spot, okay? <laughs> Although, I'm not, I'm not sure if you remember this, Sam. I will just say, I saw something for the first time on our last Disney cruise that drove me insane from this like rope drop culture coming onto the cruise line, which was a guy who brought towels up to the top deck and laid them out to reserve spaces at the rail to watch the fireworks party and show. And I just about lost my mind. I was like, this is not the park knock it off (laughs) oh yeah it's getting that way with deck the deck parties in particular and even in the theater there are people you're not supposed to reserve seats but everybody does it and it's not really well enforced and i think part of the problem is it's really difficult to enforce because somebody can just say oh yeah my you know my wife and kids went to get popcorn from preludes from the little bar thing there and they may very well have right like they may have come into the theater all together and then have gone but we don't know who's lying and who's well not, or, right? or how about the adult who was elbowing the two kids out of the way art the uh, nathan and his friend to watch uh. if i was i just finally was like dude i don't care if i can see the show but the kids should be able right. to see 100%. the show yeah. yeah, or or the great story that came off of our friends on The Wish this weekend where they've got the new... It's Halloween on the High Seas. They've got the new popcorn buckets out, Mickey and Minnie in their scary skeleton costumes. People were buying them by the case and Disney Cruise Line was allowing yeah. them to purchase them. Oh, no. I know, isn't that awful? That's not yeah. right. Because you know those people aren't buying them for themselves. No. You know they're going to no. be reselling them on eBay for three times the cost. 100%. Plus That's... Yeah. Unfortunate. And that park yeah. culture going to the... That's why we all booked Cruise Line, right? That's how we all fell in love with it. Because yeah. it wasn't the exactly. parks. Mm-hmm. As magical as they are, it's stressful as all get out. And we would use... So I call the Disney parks like a trip and the Disney Cruise Line is a vacation. This is where I get ah. to, you know, I get to relax. I detach from my phone. I don't have, yep. you know, we don't buy the Wi-Fi on purpose because I don't want to be tied to my phone. Mm-hmm. And it's just we get to actually like chill. And then the yeah. parks that say it's go, go, go. You're waking up at you know, an awful hour <laughs> to, to make it to the parks. And, you know, you got a breakfast thing and you got to make it because they'll you charge you 20 bucks if you don't make it to the reservation. Right. So it's just a little bit of a different experience. But yes, uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Hey, DCL Duo fans. You know, we get the question all the time. Should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, 
riders and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. What about characters? You know, we obviously, there's more characters, of course, available to see in the parks than what you get on the cruise line. But what do you think about sort of the overall character experience? And are you guys big character people? Do you go and take pictures with the characters? Are you photo passing it up everywhere you go? Or are you sort of more casual about it? Yeah, I definitely think we're more casual about it. We mostly only or mainly take pictures with characters if it's like Halloween or like Mm. Christmas time when they're more in festive outfits. Again, that will most likely change when we have a little one. But it's... Oh, yeah. You're going to want her every shot with Mickey and Minnie and uh, Goofy and Donald, (laughs) Pluto, and don't forget Chip and Dale. Okay. (laughs) Oh, and Daisy. We can't forget Daisy. Yes. Everyone and anything, it'll be pictures. But I would definitely say on the cruise line, the one time where we were both like, we have to get pictures was again on the Alaska cruise. Just the views with the characters like on the top deck, like nothing beat that. I would say though that the process of getting pictures with characters is way more of a headache now. I, mm-hmm. I, it's like when people see a character, a mob of 500 people just run and then they close the line off and you're like, okay. Yeah, but the cruise line's way better. For so sure. I, the parks are a mess. And I think we all know that you walk yeah, past yeah. and Mickey's got a line like an hour long and they have to close it off. I think the cruise line, that's the only place where I'll take pictures with characters or prioritize it Yeah, because it's way more chill. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we get to you know walk up and have a great picture and way better lighting than the blazing Anaheim sun. And you actually walk away going, that was worth it. Whereas maybe yeah. at the parks, it's a little little more hectic. But yeah, I agree. And and you can wait in the shade for the most part, because most of the well, there are picture opportunities on deck. And obviously, in Alaska, those are the those are the real big picture opportunities on mm-hmm. deck on the glacier day. But on, you know, the cruise line, for the most part, most of your character pictures are going to be in that atrium space or, or just off the atrium. You do have to wait in line, though. I have noticed it seems like it's it's gotten a little bit longer than it used to be. Maybe that's because we've been on some shorter sailings recently, which always have a lot of first-time cruisers, and they want to take every picture they possibly can with every character they possibly can. But I'd still rather wait 20 minutes in the atrium to you know take my picture with Mickey than an hour outside in either the Florida sun or the Anaheim sun. <laughs> so exactly. I think that, for that sure. point is well well made, for sure. Got to talk food. I got to get us to food. We got to fast forward to the to the to the eats on board the ship versus what's available in the park. That's a pretty wide ranging question, though. So I'm going to leave it to our experts to sort of define for us how they would make this comparison. Because at Disney World, you have everything from Victorian Alberts all the way down to the popcorn stand on Disney Cruise Line. I think the range is a little bit less, so to speak. And so, yeah, what do you what do you both think about the food? on Disney Cruise Line versus what's coming out of the parks. So I'm definitely going to say we lean towards, we love Disneyland food. I mean, I think SoCal's got that palette maybe that I don't know why they cater a little bit more towards kind of a better experience food wise or higher quality, mm-hmm. but good grief. Disneyland food can be fantastic. Lamplight Lounge, Carthay Circle, Napa Rose, 
I mean, it is, they're all just great every single time we go. Caitlin's a big fan of wine country, and I always butcher, I don't know if it's Trattoria. Trattoria. Or, Trattoria. Well, yeah. Trattoria, Trattoria is how the Italians would say oh, it, but we okay. say Trattoria. But we Americanize it. Okay, so <laughs> Trattoria, we love that restaurant as well. Some people claim it's like, it's Olive Garden, but it's a pretty stinking good Olive Garden. But so Disneyland food we think is fantastic. I will admit, DCL food has been great up until this last, I will say we went on the fantasy in July and it was very okay. It was very meh. It was the first experience where I actually walked away kind of going, I didn't really like that food. Mm. Palo, of course, was fantastic, but main dining was a, it was all right. And we weren't sure if that's because we just followed that cruise with, or previous cruise was the one to Alaska where the wonder, the food is absolutely exquisite on the wonder. So it was kind of one of those we were like, the food wasn't amazing. And then Caleb also, he has a gluten allergy, so he can't have like wheat, celiac. So that also makes the experience more, a a little more complex for him because he can't just have an abundance of what everyone else can have. He can't have the famous like black truffle presets that we all love. He can't have like the churros. So when Disneyland's able to offer him like so many different options, that's usually where we go to. But I do have to say though, that Disney Cruise Line has gone above and beyond when it comes to food for him, especially with specific things that he normally can't have, like those famous like churro Mickey waffles. Oh, yeah. They made those special for him on our last five night sailing and they were Ooh. amazing. I could live off them. If I could <laughs> actually survive off those, I <laughs> yeah. would eat them every day. But you know. Honestly, let's be clear, the spongy content in which the, you know, the cinnamon sugar coating delivery. is placed, probably the, con- <laughs> the, the, it's just a delivery vehicle, right? Exactly. So, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I was like licking it off. I was eating it. So yeah. <laughs> yes, but I, I have to give if at the end, I, I'm not coming to a conclusion. I'd have to give it to parks overall, but it's mm-hmm. very close because of how accommodating Disney Cruise Line has been. And again, if you had asked us before the fantasy experience, we probably would have given it to Cruise Line. Uh, but I will say, in, uh, we've, we haven't done the Wish yet, which they have Mexican on there, but we do miss like variety when we're on the cruise ship. So if yeah. we're on like a seven night, I'm like, okay, I'm done with the chicken and beef rotation. Like it feels like they just yeah. kind of dress it up right. in different ways. I can escape and grab some Mexican at Disneyland. We can get some Chinese food, some teriyaki. So there's a little bit more variety, which I like. The, yeah. The, the Wishes food is universally regarded as the best in the fleet, at least until the treasure comes out, which we're, you know, I'm sure that the treasure will be on par with the wish, or at least I'm hopeful that it will be. But um, it hits, I, I think, but it hits those marks, Caleb, as far as giving a little bit more variety because you've got at least the barbecue. And when I say barbecue, I don't mean burgers and hot dogs. I mean, you have, you know, brisket and chicken and ribs and all that on the deck. And actually, and gluten free pizza and gluten free yeah. pizza. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the pizza, they have fresh dough. So their pizza is actually better than on the other ships. They have, they're making the dough fresh. They have fresh gluten-free dough as well. And then they also have, you know, Donald's Cantina, which we like to call Chipotle at sea. Oh, um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's excellent. And so, and that, and of course, Chipotle at sea, you know, tortillas, at least, you know, corn doesn't, don't have any gluten in them. So you're good there. Yeah. I'd be all over that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious for Palo. How does Palo compare to some of the, like, I'm assuming you all have experienced some of the signature dining at Disney World, Disneyland. You mentioned Napa Rose. You mentioned Carthy Circle. How does Palo compare for you in terms of some of the other signature dining experiences? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's tough. I'm going <laughs> to... Palo is the service. Again, Disney Cruise Line cast members, that service they provide, whether in a main dining or Palo, Palo is like a 12 out of 10. I'm going to give it to Palo because they made me some gluten-free pizza. You would not know it was Mm gluten-free. It was so stinking good. Our server was the nicest human we've ever met. 
And yeah, I just, I would say it's the most consistently fantastic experience. Whereas Disneyland, don't get me wrong, it's great. But you know, it just depends on the night. You could get a server that just wants to go home and whatever. I don't experience that on the on the cruise line. So yeah, that's I would, my vote. I would definitely agree. Palo is just out of this world. And especially all the variations, like I mentioned above with his, his gluten allergy. Like there's so many different things that they're like, oh, well, we'll do this. And they're just so knowledgeable. You can tell that they care in the moment. And just the overall ambiance of the restaurant, it's a 10 out of 10. You can't us. beat those sunsets out there on the oh, sea. Like, oh, yeah. You can't beat yeah. that. Yeah. You can't beat yeah. that. I feel like in general, the smaller the restaurant, the better they do with allergies, right? So Apollo is obviously, it's a it's not a huge restaurant. Of course, if you compare it to main dining, it's like minuscule. And then even when you compare it to an on-land restaurant, it's still quite a bit smaller than most restaurants on land. And I just generally think they handle the, that better and they're better able to make like an individual. I mean, I've mm. seen people like really special order things from Paulo and they're made that very night, like not even pre-ordering. Cause I know in main dining, you're probably doing a lot of pre-ordering. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Have you had Paulo dinner and brunch or do you leave no, remember one they, or the other? They've only been able to snag dinner. They haven't oh yet been dinner. able to oh experience God. brunch. We're the, lowly, we're the lowly silver still. So I can't wait <laughs> till the day we're able to snag it. It's going to be a beautiful one. You guys, you guys <laughs> come cruise with us. We'll you got to sail with us and we'll, yeah, get, gotta, we'll get a brunch. We will, get, <laughs> we will not up. only get you into brunch, I will buy you brunch just to be like, <laughs> we've given you your first Palo brunch experience. Oh, man. Because when you mentioned the pizza, I was like, oh, maybe you had the oh. grape and gorgonzola pizza, which would be oh. amazing. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I wish. I wish. So we're gonna co- we're gonna coordinate after this, right? We're gonna get <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We will we will pu- we will give you our sailing schedule. You are welcome to any sailing we are on that you join us. Palo we'll Brunch on. on me. You heard it here first. Uh, speaking speaking of sailings, I mean your little one will be just old enough to come on our podcast cruise next oh. July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cue up our Sailing with Infants episode. We'll get you prepped for that. But anyway, um, I, have you done Remy or? Or oh, sorry, we haven't done Enchante. Not July, June. It'll June, just yeah. be a time because your little one, assuming the uh, assuming yeah. the little one comes on schedule, mm-hmm. you'll be just past that six month mark. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, it's a Hashtag date. Hashtag DCL Duo inaugural podcast cruise. All right, <laughs> book it now. Let's go. Yeah, Remy, have you guys tried Remy at all, or or, or no? We have not tried Remy yet. We're not. Okay. I, I will admit, I'm the child of the group. I'm a little more <laughs> basic with the 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 palate, and so that stuff scares me a little bit. The French cuisine, yeah. All right, Fair I can enough. appreciate that. The you know the sound of Parmesan foam does not sound appetizing <laughs> until you not have really. it until you have it on the dish and it all goes together. It's just it's actually perfect for like a kid like food eater because you get to mix everything together all at once. You know? so very, <laughs> as long as you're not as long as you're not LL Cool J for whatever that movie was toys that he did where he's like a military meal. My oh, no, that's right. It has cannot to be touch everything. my keys. Yeah, These guys are too young to remember that movie, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. Give me hope here, Sam. Give me hope. All right. Well, moving on from dining for a second, you mentioned, Caleb, that sailing on Disney Cruise Line is a vacation. Going to the parks is a trip. And I just wanted to ask, do you feel like you're sailing right now, no kids, two adults? Does the cruise line really cater to you as two adults looking to just get out there, relax and enjoy yourselves? Or are you pulling your hair out on board? Like, Oh my God, there's so many kids here. Like I can't handle this right now. So like, talk us through that, like vacation aspect of this, but from the standpoint of being on a cruise line that caters to families, not necessarily adults in all cases. That is a great question. So 
the, yes, overall, they do a fantastic job. Those adult only sections are a dream, like on the wonder and the, the dream class ships. They are fantastic. They got a pool for you. They got that cove cafe. You know, we sit on the lounger out there and just kind of sit and dream away, right? About the future and yeah. stuff. And I will, <laughs> I will admit, it's going to sound weird for, we're having a kid. I love kids, but this last July, when we went during the summer and I understand kids are out of school and stuff. I'm not kidding. They outnumbered adults six to one. I mean, you would have <laughs> oh, thought the I captain was it. a child. You would have thought like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they, they were, there were so many of them. And that was the one where I was like, okay, this is a lot, you know, <laughs> jumping down the stairs and reverberating off our, our you know, our, our ceiling in the room. Yes. And like, there was a lot of that going on. So I will say 99% of the time, we have a fantastic time. If you don't want to see kids, you don't have to see kids. If you don't want to, for the most part on the cruise line, but yeah, I mean, we're going to have to get used to it. So <laughs> I guess that's a short answer. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you all choose late dining or early dining? We love late dining. Which we were actually just talking about this today because you we were like, I wonder when we cruise again, like, are we going to switch that up? Are we going to kind of keep the late dining? Because we love being able to go to the shows first prior to dinner. Yeah. But I don't know. And being West Coasters, we like eating right. kind of more on our time. Right. So Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think you'll have to kind of see how it goes and depends on how old your little one is when you first sail, right? Because, and their feeding schedule and all of that. Because if they're not eating at dinner anyway, if they're eating, you know, off that schedule, then you, I would say stick with what you like, right? Because if they're asleep during dinner, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> true, the one year old's not going to remember animation <laughs> magic. Sorry to tell you. <laughs> so true. You must. What are you talking about, Sam? I have the most vivid memory of Disney from my one, my time there when I was one. No, I don't. No, don't tell yeah. me that. It feels like I'm burning my money. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you this: the thing I remember from Disney uh, as a kid, I went several times riding the monorail. I remember that acutely. I remember eating. <laughs> okay cookies at the Grand Floridian. And I remember playing video games in uh, the Contemporary Hotel. Those were like three big things that come to mind. I remember and playing... And guess what? Uh, you didn't have to pay for park tickets for any of those things at Walt nope, Disney right. World. Not <laughs> one, not one. I mean, I remember... So I vividly, 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 when I'm in line to ride Space Mountain, if we go through mm. the regular line... I remember so much time spent with my mother and father standing in that line to ride that ride. Like all the sounds, the smells, yeah. everything is just like, oh, I'm a kid again. So yeah, I, I, I do remember that. being in the parks. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This goes to our, our point of you're taking a Disney cruise with an infant or a child or going to a Disney park with an infant or a child. Make sure the vacation is as much about what you want to do as it is trying to make memories for them. Because I don't think you know what will become a core memory for your kiddo. So, exactly. so, so true. There you, there you go. Well, I, I would be remiss before we hand you over to Sam, because I know chomping at the bit to ask you about favorites and all kinds of things. She's gonna. She's probably got a list of 20 rapid fire questions over there for both of you. I'd be remiss in not talking about I don't want to talk about cost. Cost is cost, whatever. I want to talk about value because people will spend different amounts of money on their vacations. And we've asked this question a few times before of people like, where do you think the vacation right now in the Disney system is holding its value? Is it going to Disneyland, Disney World, Alani, Cruise Line? I don't know. Maybe the best value out there is the 24-day around the world, $100,000 person <laughs> EBD trip. I, I don't know. Maybe it's but Vero I, Beach or Hilton maybe Head. It's Vero Beach. Maybe yeah. it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's the maybe it's the one Disney remaining Disney store in the world in London. But <laughs> where where do you all? It's between let's let's narrow this between parks and the cruise line. Which vacation or trip, to use your language, is holding 
the best value right now from your perspective? Caitlin, let me, for, let me start with you. Yeah. Yeah. For me, this is a really easy one. I'm a hundred percent firm believer that it's the Disney cruise line. I have no problem. And again, we all know that Disney has more of a fee, right? It's more expensive than the other cruise lines. But I am a firm believer that I, it's 100% worth it to me. Now, he's the one that books all the trips. So coming for me, that's a little easier for me to be like, let's just do the Alaska one, the European <laughs> one. And, but, expensive cruise. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I do find myself every time we leave a cruise and come home, I'm like, that was one of the best vacations. And that's a reoccurring statement every time we cruise. Whereas when we go to the parks, it's always an awesome trip or vacation. But there's always a couple things you're like, well, that was kind of a bummer or I wish that would have changed or the weather was this. The cruise line always stands true to it being an amazing trip. So I, that's me. I don't What do you think? Yeah, I'll second that. The cruise line, I think you're getting the best value. Cast members, and don't get me wrong, cast members at Disneyland are great in Disney World. Mm-hmm. But just consistently, they are fantastic on the cruise line. They are the nicest people you'll ever meet. They're the mm-hmm. hardest working people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. And so the service they provide on the ships are fantastic. Again, the shows, you're just relaxed. Like I said, it's a vacation. It's just if you're spending that kind of money... I want to walk away going like that was well worth my money. And I think the cruise line consistently delivers that for us. Yeah. So you're saying it's a good thing we took the name DCL Duo before you all got on the scene because otherwise you probably would have been the DCL Duo. Yes. I was going to talk to you about buying that after this. We can have that conversation. Yeah. (laughs) You talk to my lawyer. Convenient franchise franchise and financing options are available for DCL Duo. So I'm curious though, in this conversation of value, you all took, you know, the Alaska cruise is one of the most expensive Disney cruises in the system right now. I mean, aside from Europe, Europe gets up there and well, <laughs> treasure maiden voyage, all bets are off. <laughs> I was gonna say, but, <laughs> but yeah, but, but that's insanity level pricing. But Alaska is an expensive cruise, especially because you can go to Alaska on other cruise lines at, you know, something approaching half to three quarters of the price of a Disney cruise and the ports in Alaska tend to be the star, the scenery, the ports, that's what you're there for. You know, great to get photos with Mickey and Minnie and, and furry parkas. I can't wait to get one of my own. But do you think the value is still there for you for Alaska? Kind of setting aside some of the Bahamian cruises you've done and looking at that value overall. If you could have taken that money and done a parks trip, do you think the value still weighs out in Cruise Line's favor? I would say so. I wouldn't trade that trip for the world. It was my favorite trip. The excursions, the overall experience. I mean, again, the cost, like you mentioned, is high, but I would... It, I would pay more, to be honest. That oh, was whoa. my favorite one. Let's chill. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> that. <more. laughs> Again, coming from someone who doesn't book the cruise. <laughs> yeah. I would say, yes, I didn't regret at all paying what we paid. And I will yeah. say, we I, let me tell you, we did a comp, we compromised a little bit. We did do an ocean view. We all, normally always do mm-hmm. veranda rooms. Mm-hmm. We did do ocean view thinking that, okay, the weather's going to be kind of chilly. Caitlin doesn't like the cold that much. And so we probably won't be sitting out in the balcony There were times we missed it, not going to lie. But at the end of the day, we did have to kind of change it a little bit to to get cost to (laughs) to palatable levels. Right. But yes, I would have rather spent that money on that. It was just we had the best service we've ever experienced on the cruise line, the best food we've ever had. So we walked away going that was money well spent. I haven't dabbled in other cruise lines. Caitlin has. And she claims she tells me every single time it is worth the money. You're not missing anything out on the other ones. But we'll see. So I think that's a great point you make, Caleb. Like, if you are, you know, trying to book a particular cruise and it's just a little bit out of your price range for, you know, whatever category of stateroom you generally prefer, 
you still can get on that ship just going at a different category than you normally do. I mean, we love sailing concierge, as you all know, but we were not able to stomach the price on the treasure. And so for both the maiden voyage as well as uh, spring break cruise that we just booked, we are saying not even on the veranda stateroom, we're saying in an ocean view. We really like the ocean view staterooms. I, it's, I'm not, I don't dislike the cold like Caitlin dislikes the cold. <laughs> I actually don't like to sit out in the heat unless I've got like a pool or you know ocean that I can jump into. But when we, but when we go to Alaska, we're gonna we're gonna get a veranda of some sort so we can kind of sit out on there. That. And for yeah. no for no other reason than you know filming some of the scenery as we go by too is kind of fun. So yeah, right, yeah. Mm. but yeah. well. We have reached that point in our show where I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment or the round we know as rapid fire. So, Sam, take it away. All right, you guys. You know this is coming. I'm going to ask you a couple of your general Disney favorites, and then the rest are going to be cruise line focused. I know you guys are, you know, parks people. You talk about the parks a lot on your podcast, but... I don't care. I'm a cruise person. I'm talking about the cruise. <laughs> Hit us. Not that I don't care about I what it. you talk about. I care about what you talk about. Let <laughs> yeah, me correct okay. myself. But I, <laughs> I, I want to talk about what I want to talk about. So <laughs> we're going to start with who is your favorite Disney character? When I say Disney, that means anything in the Disney universe, meaning everything they own. Caitlin, we're going to start with you. Who's your favorite Disney character? This is 100% easy. Is Winnie the Pooh. I love Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Since I've been little, it is he's definitely my favorite by far. Ah, love that answer. All right, Caleb, who's your favorite? I'll go. It's gonna be so vanilla and so boring, but I'm gonna have to say Mickey Mouse because he's just classic and like half my clothes have Mickey on them. So I'll go Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, half of Brian's clothes have Mickey on them too. So I you're in good company. All right. Favorite. (laughs) Oh yeah, Brian's showing right now. He's actually wearing a pullover with Mickey on it right now. All right. Favorite Disney movie, Caleb, we're starting with you this time. Lion King has to be my favorite. One of the best soundtracks. I mean, a fantastic movie, Lion King. And it came out the year I was born. So that helps too. This See, now you're making me feel old again. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my apologies. I feel old, so. All right, Caitlin, what about you? This is such a tricky one for me because I'm one of those people where my answer changes by day or by mood. But I would say overall, it has to be the classic Beauty and the Beast the animated oh, version. I I so just good. I could watch it all day and I know all the songs by heart and it's just it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I knew you weren't referring to the live action version. <laughs> <laughs> to think, be clear. I don't think anyone's ever claimed that was their favorite, so. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Same with Lion King, same with Aladdin. You don't claim the live action version as exactly. Your exactly. If, if you do, you don't get invited back on this show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, favorite Disney song, Caitlin. Ooh. You know, I, oh my gosh, I feel like this changes too. You know what? I would have to say Down in New Orleans from Princess and the Frog. That is a song that I literally will play nonstop, literally on all the Sono speakers in our house. And poor Caleb has to just listen to it at full blast. (laughs) But it's the one consistent song that I play majority of the time. I love that. Now, listen, baby's going to love jazz music and mm-hmm. she's going to be all about those horns. So, you know, <laughs> oh, I love that it. Brass just, section. I love it. Yeah. You just keep listening to that stuff and she's going to love it. All right. She's going to want to, she's going to want to eat at Tiana's place and eat some shrimp, shrimp and grits and, oh, and all love the good it. stuff there. Oof. So can't wait for that. I'll start all saving right, now. So right. for, <laughs> for mine, I'm really bad with song titles. Caitlin told me it earlier, actually, but it's the, the tangled when they're in the boat. See the light. You see the light. Mm-hmm. 
I think so. Yeah. Is that it? Okay, yeah. yes, it's that one. I love that yeah. song. No, I love it so much I don't know the title. Yes, uh, but yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> but I love that song. It's, fan- it's really good, but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, well, you already told me the answer to the next question, but I'm going to just like make sure I caught it right. Your favorite Disney Cruise Line stage show. Caleb, we'll start with you. Aladdin. Oh, I'm no, gonna go, that's the I'm going to go Aladdin. Answer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I know Caitlin's going to give the right answer, though. Caitlin. Aladdin. It's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> no, right. well, don't tell me what my favorite is. It's your favorite. <laughs> but yeah, mine's Aladdin. Uh, f- you know, it, it is fair for you to give that answer, Caleb, as your own favorite, but it's still a wrong answer. <laughs> it's Caitlin. okay. All right. You've, That's Caitlin, okay. you've just won rapid fire. It doesn't Thank matter <laughs> what else you say for the rest of this round. Okay. Okay. But the points don't matter here anyway. All right. What is your favorite bar space on any of the Disney ships you all have been on? You've been on the Disney Dream, the Fantasy, and the Wonder, right? Correct. Okay. That is hard. I'm not going to lie. We're not huge drinkers, so we don't... If we do get a drink, it's at like main dining or something. But if I had to pick one, it would be... Where do we spend time... Can I? Does this count? Because they serve alcoholic beverages, right? Does the Cove Cafe count? Can yeah, that, that is a that is a bar. Absolutely, let's do it. Cove Cafe. Yeah. That's what we, that's for me. Yeah, I was gonna say that, or I believe it's the one we sat in there. We didn't get any drinks, but we loved the ambiance. Was it the Meridian Lounge? Oh, oh yes. yeah, Bet- in between between yes. Remy yes. and Paulo. We did a tour on our last cruise and we were sitting in there for quite some time and it was very nice in there and like comfortable. Like I didn't even know that really existed until we did that. So, but probably overall the one that you said. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. All right. So Cove and Meridian, both Mm -hmm. great choices. Okay. Favorite onboard activity. This is just something you like to do when you're on board a Disney ship. Caitlin, we'll start with you for this one. I love doing the animation. Academy classes where we get to draw everything. Those are so much fun. Caleb is not a fan of those. He's convinced <laughs> that he can't draw, but I love it because at the end, when we get to see everyone's drawings, it's always a good time <laughs> to <laughs> like, put them You would think I was a big drinker when you saw my, when you saw my draw. <laughs> <laughs> for right, Caleb, me, what's a favorite for you? favorite i'm just gonna say again it's gonna be an old man answer i think grabbing a coffee or a drink a glass of wine or something and sitting out on your balcony or your veranda is just it's you can't replace it you're watching the ocean go by you've got you know disney music on in the background with the tv or something it's just you can't beat that i agree absolutely i love that all right favorite rotational dining i know this becomes harder now that you all have been on the wonder i bet but Caleb, we'll start with you. What is your favorite of the ships that you have been on? Of course, so we're exempting the magic and the wish. I'm going to go Tiana's place. Is it place on the... Yes, place. I always get confused because it's palace in Disneyland and place on the cruise line. So <laughs> Tiana's place, the music. I, I, I'm i a musician, so I can appreciate those guys did a such a fantastic job with the music and the ambiance and the food was great. I tried sea bass for the first time at Tiana's place and I'm a convert. I bought it here. <laughs> Right when we got home, I was like, I'm a sea bass guy now. <laughs> so very good. Very good. I would say I Tiana's it. as well. It was one of those where we actually really missed it when we were on the fantasy. And that second night, because you know how you have it multiple times for your trip, that second night at Tiana's, that was one of our favorite dining experiences ever on DCL. Yeah. So I love that. I feel like Mardi Gras night on DCL is yeah. just it's just so fun. Such a great experience. Yeah. All right, let's talk food now. You guys have, of course, you mentioned Paolo. We talked a little bit about main dining earlier. 
I've got to ask you a favorite sweet item and a favorite savory item on board a Disney Cruise Line ship. We're going to start with the sweet because I'm a savory person, so i got to leave the best for last. So tell me, Caleb, what is a favorite sweet item? It can be from anywhere on the ship, including like soft serve on the deck. I mean, it doesn't, whatever is, whatever floats your boat. All right. Okay. Okay. So soft serve, I do love. I hate that I have to touch them though. I love the, on the wish <laughs> that they serve it for you because I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. So when I have to touch <laughs> those things, I'm like, and I instantly hand sanitize. So I'm, that's not my answer, but <laughs> I shared too much information there. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go those churro waffles changed my life. And it's uh, those were fantastic. If you have a gluten allergy or any kind of allergy, see if they can do it for you. Because again, I'm a changed man because of those waffles. Oh, yeah. I love that. Caitlin. They were quite they were quite delicious. I would have to say the chocolate souffle that you get at Palo. I think that mm. is my favorite one. It is there's just, it comes out so warm. And when they just kind of like drizzle the sauce in it and like the little cold ice cream, it's just it's life changing. It's, it's so good. Have you tried the amaretto souffle yet? I is that the one that has it almost looks like yellow cake? Yes. Yes, I had that on our last cruise. I liked okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that one and I feel like people always tend to go for the chocolate cuz the chocolate is what everybody talks about. I actually think the amaretto is even better than the chocolate. The chocolate one is wonderful, but I like that one better. So I always I tell people if you haven't tried it to try it. Yeah, I definitely like that that one wasn't as rich as the chocolate one because sometimes mm -hmm. midway through you're like, okay, this is chocolatey. But yeah, that was definitely a good one. Yes. Sorry, Caleb, there's no gluten-free options there. You're right. I was you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say that. <laughs> they don't have it for me. There is no, yeah. You can get, you know, flourless chocolate cake, but it's not that. So yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk savory items. Caitlin, this time we're gonna start with you. Yes. Yeah, so this item, I would have to say it was on our Wonder Cruise. And I don't remember the name of it. You might remember. It was a like almost like fettuccine pasta noodle with like a white cream sauce. And it mm -hmm. had a crusted chicken on top. Oh, the Parmesan crusted chicken. That it was that. It Ooh, was. Yes. That was amazing. And I was so sad when I figured out that wasn't going to be on the fantasy because that was one of my favorite dishes I've ever had on DCL. Yeah. So good. All right, Caleb. What about you? Savory? Savory, I'm going to go... It's that sea bass. And I don't remember the name. There was a name in, in front of it. It was something sea bass at uh, Tiana's place. And it was... Like I mean, Cajun. Yeah, Cajun-style sea yeah. bass or something. Very good. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Second to last question. Controversial one here. Favorite ship. I know now you guys have been on the wonder, the dream, the fantasy. So you've got a comparison between classic you know, and dream class or magic class and dream class. Uh, That's Caleb, so we're hard. starting with, yeah, we're starting oh. with you, Caleb. Okay. I can't point in any direction and, nope, and get can't. it off me. Let's go. I'm going to have to go Disney dream. I don't know if it's because it was the first one we've been on, but we love that. We love the size of it. It's perfect in my opinion. And yeah, I'm gonna go Disney dream. I right. would say the dream as well. However, if the wonder was slightly more updated and just a little bit bigger, I think I would choose the wonder, but awesome. it's not, but so it's not. Dream. So it's the dream. <laughs> 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 All right. Now, my last question of rapid fire is the question I ask everyone. Bucket list cruise. If you could go anywhere in the world and it would be on a Disney Cruise Line ship and we don't even have to pick someplace that Disney Cruise Line currently sails. So this is a fantasy cruise, not I mean on the fantasy, but fantasy in that it does not have to exist. It can be 
something that exists. Where are you going? Caleb, let's start with you. So it's between definitely like I have two that go right in my head, the Mediterranean or the is it the Norwegian? Those like the fjord one. I'm probably going to have to go there because I, I, I'm a cold person myself. So that sounds mm-hmm. nice and chilly and seeing those. Alaska was amazing and beautiful, but Norway looks like amazing as well. So I'm going to go the, the Norwegian sailing. That's awesome. what I was going to pick as well. We we have talked about like wanting to do the Mediterranean one because we, we went to kind of France and Italy when we honeymooned. But I just, I feel like that cruise would be better, like rather than doing the whole thing on your own, like being able to just come back on the ship every night, like that would be yeah. great. But overall, like the pictures and videos that we've seen of the Norwegian cruise, they are just, it's stunning. So it has to be that one for us. Yeah, it's amazing. We did that for my 40th <coughs> birthday. <laughs> it's the new third. And and it was actually like my 42nd almost birthday when we were able to finally do it. And it was so fantastic. It was just the two of us. We left kiddo at home with grandma. And what an amazing trip. What an amazing itinerary. And I hear a lot of comparisons from folks who've done both Norway and Alaska between the two because you are seeing you know, glaciers. You, so there is, you know, some similarities and it is a more outdoorsy focused cruise, of course, but love those answers, you guys. Thank you for playing. You can still come back, even though you picked Aladdin, Caleb. Uh- <laughs> Here's the thing for everyone out there. Sam actually has no control over guest scheduling. I do all of that. So please do not let her intimidation tactics in any way deter you. I'm the person you have to impress on the show. So... Well, I always like to ask at the end, what's next? Baby on the way. That's a big what's next in your future. But, you know, any Disney trips planned between now and then or anything on the horizon you're looking at for Disney Cruise Line, maybe after the baby comes? We do. So this is actually this is breaking news. We haven't said anything on our podcast. So you guys are getting it first. This is this is free. All right. We're, we're doing, <laughs> I don't know why anyone would care, but we're going to say it. Uh, we're doing a six night Bohemian, but it's 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 in November of 20. Four. I'm gonna nice. mix this up. November 24. It's a six night, but it's the it has double dipped to Castaway, and it's it has a stop at the new Lighthouse. Oh, Point. Lighthouse Point. Yes. Oh, you got yes. one of those itineraries. Fantastic. We did. So it went pretty quick, but this is the first time we're going with the whole crew. So my parents are coming, brothers. It's gonna be a yeah. whole family adventure. She'll be one ish by that point. Mm-hmm. So that's it's gonna kind be of fun. like a yeah. birthday celebration for her. But it's our first maritime cruise, so we're looking oh, forward gosh. to it. It's Very good. Fun. You guys are going to love it. This is going to be great. And it's good that you're doing that in the Bahamas because there'll be so much stuff to do on the ship with the maritime cruise. And frankly, with your little one being one, you know, that's that's the kind of cruise you want. And if you want to get off, you just do a little beach excursion. Awesome. Type right. Thing. And yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. it low key as far as ports. You don't want to travel Europe with a one-year-old. So right. that's my advice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Well, I wanted to make sure we talked about it up front, but to leave you some time to talk to folks about how they can find your amazing podcast and connect with you all separately. So yeah. Let folks know where they can find the Market House podcast. Yeah, so Market House is on all the all the all the podcast platforms. So if you whatever you use, you'll find us on there most likely. And I don't know, I can all of them, but <laughs> most of them. <laughs> We're on Instagram. Caitlin does a fantastic job over there. Market House podcast. We're on Threads. I don't know all thirty six of you on there. Come join us if you want. Market House <laughs> podcast. And yeah, we just we talk Disney. Like they said, we talk Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Disney World, all of it. We're just huge fans. And we just kind of chat about it every week. 
Yeah, we love it. It's our favorite thing. Well, amazing. One of our podcasts in rotation for sure. And so go over, check them out. Make sure you follow them. Lots and lots of fun. But for now, Caleb, Caitlin, I'll just say thank you so much for spending some time with our audience today. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys. so much for having us on. We had a blast. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night. Good night.